questions. Well, how are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing good. You look great, singing great, and uh, it's just fun to be with you. I, I so enjoyed the uh, road trip series with Pastor Jeff, and a lot of fun, and uh, that guy is crazy. He's, uh, as I've been calling him lately, bad to the bone. Jeff, you're just bad to the bone, and riding a big bike like this, and and uh, all the challenges of that, I I just <laughs> I thought that was really cute, uh, all the videos and stuff. I just want you to know this is not even a real motorcycle, okay? Actually, I love them. I love scooters. Uh, I like anything with a motor in it, okay? That's just true. I do. But, but uh, I thought about riding a real bike in here today, but I decided not to, okay? So just say thank you. Because uh, it was, it's pretty loud. But I've really enjoyed the whole idea of going to cities. And Pastor Jeff did a fabulous job taking us around and looking at, at certain specific points of that road trip that we've been on. If it's your first time at Timberline, the last four weekends, Pastor Jeff has been teaching about this idea of a road trip and what it's like. A view from a Vespa. And uh, looking at different cities across the Bible and seeing what God did there, seeing situations there, and how God shows up and how it helps us. And here's what I want to do. I decided a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to add one more sermon to this series. didn't originally start that way. Because there's something really key important about this message this weekend. Because I've called it coming home from the road trip. How many of you know you have to come home from vacation at some point? How many of you know that can be a real hassle? I want you to see, now what I've done is in Acts 14, if you have a bulletin, you can go to the back page, but in Acts 14, there's, there's a few verses that are capturing what I would call the synopsis of Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey. Now, Pastor Jeff did not necessarily go in order of the first missionary journey, but what, the reason I've chosen this text is because it shows us the loop that Paul and Barnabas took and the response of the church in Antioch. It's where they started and it's where they ended up. Now, what we're about to read and see is the last few statements of their celebration, and it's the end of their first missionary trip. Now, keep in mind that this first missionary trip by Paul and Barnabas lasted somewhere between one and two years. They covered... Uh, just over 700 miles by land, and that's not on a Vespa or in a car, right? That's walking, and about 500 miles in a in a, some kind of a boat or traveling by by sea. And so many things have happened. Probably the biggest, most significant is that now the Gentiles have been received into the kingdom of God. There's harmony between many Jewish Christians and Gentile believers, and that's new. So suddenly there's this recognition that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ, not just by works or sacrifices that have to be made. That's a big deal. And so you and I are the recipients of this trip and understanding it. The first thing in your outline I want you to write down, number one in your notes, is returning is a part of the road trip. Returning is a part of the road trip. You can't just stay gone. You can't just be on vacation forever, unless you win the lottery or something, okay? That's not real life. Verse, chapter 14, verse 21. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Poseidia. 
Now, here's what they were doing. They had already been to those cities, if you read the context. But they are going back and they're getting ready to strengthen the churches and do some significant things there to check on them. Because they don't want what they just started to end quickly. Sometimes it's easy to start something. You ever, have you ever got all inspired? How many of you plant like pots or flowers or something like that? Just figure. You get inspired and my wife loves this kind of stuff and she goes down to uh, a greenhouse and gets stuff and makes these beautiful pots. But, but if you don't water them, they're going to die. So planting them might be the funnest part. And sometimes in life, the things that we enjoy, the things that we build, we want to see. But it's the maintaining. It's the day-to-day. It's the routine. It's easy to get all inspired to go work out and get after it. But it's tough the second week, third week, fourth week to stay at it. We see what we want. These guys said, we're not just going to plant some seeds. We're going to water them as well. And that's what they did because they cared about it. Um, see, road trips are great. It's just coming home. That's the problem because it's a challenge. It's, let me give you an example. Last weekend was a great weekend. We had a time at the end of our, our service times where we prayed for people, anointed them with oil. It was a powerful moment. Many people were touched by God in significant ways. Others of you say, I prayed. I was prayed for also. Nothing happened to me that I can tell. What's up with that? I'm still believing God. I'm still trusting God. Last weekend, we had around 230 people make a fresh commitment or a brand new commitment to follow Christ. I would say that's a big deal, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a big deal. I'm thankful for that. We rejoice in that. But that is why now we say, okay, how can we nourish them? How can we continue to feed them? Table 2 is out there today with materials to help you if you've accepted Christ in the last few weeks. And that takes us to point number two. Being home, okay, the road trip's over. Being home can create what I've simply called the grind and the routine. The grind and the routine. Verse, uh, these next few verses give us an idea of what they did in those settings. Verse 22 says... They went back to those churches where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to what? Continue in the faith. I don't like this part. Reminding them that we must what? Suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. See, when I, when I, when I think of a vacation or a road trip, and we, we, had, had three, we have three kids, and, and when they were younger, they're all... Um, older now and, and out of the house. I mean, it's it's one of those times and seasons in our life where it's kind of unique. And but I remember the day when we pack up the suburban. I think we went through two or three suburbans because it held more stuff. And what's the first thing you have to do when you get home from a road trip? <laughs> Unpack. Is that a hassle? I thought about filling this with like underwear and stuff, but I decided not to do that to you today. But you know, it's just that idea of taking all this stuff. You think, why did we take all this stuff? And then you go and you just unload it. What do you do? You just dump it on the ground. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just, un- the whites go here, the darks go here. That's, that's what I know about laundry, okay? And I know that in my house, a washing machine ought to be able to do all the laundry in one load. That's just how it works. You just If you stand on it and jump up and down, you'll get it down in there, okay? Hang in there. Keep trying. You come home and it's, it's a hassle. You got dirty clothes and then... You've got plants that need to be watered if someone wasn't doing it. Then you look over on the table and your friend was kind enough to get your mail for you. And it's stacked up, isn't it? And, and what, what's in the mail besides junk mail? Bills. 
Isn't it ironic that when you go away for a week or two, your bills keep coming? And it's a challenge because that's the nitty-gritty. That's the routine. They don't go away. And you face this. And then there's the pets. And cleaning up after them. And how many of you have pets you had to do something with while you're gone? See? And those are the challenges. And we both, our dogs died, our cat died, our kids are gone. I mean, we're living pretty good right now. I... Man. Bonnie's sort of talking about getting another dog, and I'm like, oh, let's pray about that. <laughs> Ooh, this is nice. Less hassle. See, some of the challenges, when I, when I think about the challenges in your, in your outline, there's just three subpoints. I just want to give them to you quickly. Number one, here's some of the challenges of the grind of coming home. Number one is just remaining strong. Because after a road trip, man, you're up, you've been dining out, you've been in a hotel or a retreat center or whatever it is, and things are good, and you get a fresh perspective, and then it's back home. How are you going to remain strong? What does it mean when it says Paul and Barnabas went to these believers and they strengthened them? If I said to one of you right now, would you come up here and strengthen me? What would you have to do to strengthen me? What do I have to do to strengthen you? It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky phrase because basically it just means they encouraged. They, they would tell stories that connected. They talked probably about family strength and how to have hope in your marriage or your single life and how to, how to develop good habits, how to have hope, how to overcome temptation. All this stuff go, is going on and on, strengthening you. I, I want you to be strengthened as the people of God. This past Wednesday night, I sat here listening to our first journey service Guys, if you're not coming on Wednesday, it may be one of the most important services we have at Timberline. It was powerful. And it's a real fun setting because Pastor Dick Foth, Rob Coles, and Brent Cunningham, Pastor Rob kind of leads it, and they sit at a table right here with some coffee, and, and it's just a discussion about life verse by verse through the book of Acts. And it's very engaging and very powerful. And I, this is not an info commercial. I'm just saying this is how we are strengthened. I was strengthened Wednesday night by sitting here listening. And I encourage you, find ways where your faith can be strengthened and you're not alone. The second sub-point here is, how do we continue in faith? The Bible says they encourage them to continue in the faith. And I think there are several things I just want to mention to you. I, I think, first of all, it's by, by trying to press through the tough times in our lives. I, some of you right now, it's, it's a really tough season in your life. And there are a lot of reasons why. How can you press through? How can you make a willful decision that says, I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to lay down and die here. Because you can lay down and die. People do. And they lose heart for purpose in life. Maybe it's by meeting together and growing in the knowledge of God with others who can help you be accountable and keep you encouraged. How many of you have goals that you've set and you're pursuing? See, that's a huge thing right now. Because when it's the darkest, the one thing that keeps me going is to set some, some real goals in my life and say, I'm going to keep taking steps in the right direction, even if it's just a baby step. One little thing. The third sub-point is enduring hardship and suffering. Uh, the Bible talks about that. We just read it, that suffering is a part of this deal. Now, we're not in a culture where I don't, I don't think we have a lot of persecution of believers. I, I don't know where... This could end up a few decades from now. It's a scary time around the world, no doubt about it. All kinds of things are happening. But I don't think we've known persecution. But if we did, um, what kind of challenge would that be for you in you holding on to your faith? And, and there's other types of hardship and challenge. 
um, which it, many of you are engaged in right now. And life is not easy when you come home. So we must endure. And how do you endure? Can you practice? Can I wake up tomorrow morning and say, okay, I'm just going to have more endurance? What is endurance? It's being able to stick with it, and it's, it involves training. You don't just willfully say, I suddenly have more endurance today. You get out there day by day and you do the routines that build endurance into your life. So that when you need to tap into that endurance, you have it. It's a backup plan for when you're weary and you're tired and suddenly strength comes from your training. And what you know you can do and you're capable of through God. Okay, the third thing. I've got to keep going here. The third thing in your outline is, is interesting to me. It's healthy structures become a part of godly discipline. And this is so true in the case of Paul and Barnabas. Sometimes we think of faith as just feeling and emotion and I'm trusting God and determination and trying harder and all that stuff. Well, let me look at verse 23. Now, I want you to notice this. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. That's structure, you guys. That's form. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Structure, then, becomes a very important part of our sustainability. You with me on this? Now think about it. Our structures matter. When you structure your life to live for the long haul, it changes so many things in your life. Do you have healthy structures? I, I had quite a little time in my study for doing this when I was building this message a couple of weeks ago. And I, I started putting things like um, sleeping patterns. Do I have a healthy structure for sleep? Because you need a certain amount of sleep. Some need less than others. Some need more. But you need to know. I'm eating patterns. How many of you eat once in a while? Okay. <laughs> um, exercise. Uh, work. Recreation. Productivity. Goal setting. Finances. Do you have a healthy system in your place for these items that I just listed? If I, if I said, put down on paper just a plan that you have over the next year or two that involve these types of words. Could you do that? See, if we can't do that, then we're probably not going to hit any of the targets. We're just going to float along and all of a sudden we are what we are. And we haven't taken a hold of that. And I think healthy structures are a part of godly discipline. So we work at our relationships with God, with friendships. If you're married, in your marriage, family, on and on it goes. Now this takes me to the fourth point. And I want to take just a moment with this one because it's so important. That, it's this. Finish what you start. We, we, we are good starters as we walk with God. Paul and Barnabas said, we're not just going to plant churches. We are going to strengthen those churches and we want them to finish. And we want them to finish well. Verse 24. They traveled back through Poseidia and Pamphylia. They preached the word in Perga. Then they went down to Italia. Verse 26. Finally, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, which, by the way, is where they started, where their journey had begun. And I love this next sentence. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now, what? Completed. That is a great word. That's why I love going to the grocery store for Bonnie sometimes or for myself with a list. How many of you are list people? 
I just love having a list because I can check that. I can just I can check it off. And when I'm done, I have everything checked off the list. And I just feel so good about myself. Because in a grocery store, some of the things Bonnie puts on a list are really hard to find. Any guys relate to what I'm saying right now? I've learned if you just ask. Just ask uh, someone, especially a lady who is middle age or older who knows the grocery store well. Boy, she'll just tell you the aisle and everything. It's phenomenal. So I've learned to ask. But we have to finish what we start. I, 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 do you ever think Paul and Barnabas said, what are we doing? A year has gone by. They're still getting beat up. Read the section just before the one I'm reading. Paul was left for dead because they hated him. They beat him up. They stoned him. They thought they had killed him. Do you ever think he was questioning, wow, this isn't really worth This isn't what I signed up for, God. Where are you? Ever been there? See, it doesn't always pan out. Coming home means routine. It means mundane. It means suffering. It means there are some challenges that I have to plow through, and I'm going to finish what I started. I love this, you guys. I just love those moments when I see uh, weddings. I don't do too many weddings. I had one the other day. I watched this bride in this room walk, stand in front of me. Beautiful. I mean, it's amazing to me because there's this, there's this beautiful moment when everything is perfect and it's awesome and they look great. And I want to just, I just want to take that moment. I just want to say, this is not how it is. You look so beautiful. You look so handsome. Everything is perfect. This is the last time this will ever be the case. Right? So true. As a matter of fact, ladies, I want an honest answer from you. How many of you have never been in your wedding dress since that day? Raise your hand. Honestly, raise your Look around. Raise it up real high. I really want to see. Look around. See, look at that. And how much did that cost? And you've never had it back on. It's, I know it's a picture of the moment. And guys, we just took the tux back the next day and it went to the laundry, right? We didn't care. Wouldn't it be something if you just, you know, if, uh, if, if in your marriage you said, let's go to Wendy's and you said to your husband, do you mind if I put on my wedding dress? Just because I wanted to kind of reflect that feeling that we had at the altar. Because it's not perfect. And sometimes I just want to say to this couple in front of me, tomorrow morning they will have morning breath. Think about that before you say your vows. then they want kids. And I love kids. They're awesome, aren't they? But you know, you have that first baby and after two weeks of no sleep and crying through the night, you just want to put them back in the womb. (laughs) They were so peaceful and quiet when they weren't out here. And I love the family Christmas photos because it's like photographers try to catch the perfection in the picture. They try to catch it perfect. And especially Christmas is coming, so I look forward to this. Now, none of you are going to send me a Christmas letter, are you? With your perfect picture of your family. We're guilty, too. But I love it because you open up and everything's perfect. I mean, everybody's smiling and the kids are great. And everybody matches. (laughs) So funny. Everybody matches. And then the letter says, oh, yeah, and, you know, Sarah had perfect grades, 4.0 for the 12th year in a row. And Johnny had, you know, and it's just all this stuff. And you just, you put the letter down and think, okay, I'm a failure. You know what? See, it's dreams are easy. Fantasies are nice. 
But God wants us on this day, when we come home from the road trip, when we clean out the suitcase and we clean out the car and the laundry stinks, and I've got the reality of going back to work tomorrow, and guess what? Those people are still there. That person who bugs you is still there. And they still bug you. It was nice to break away. It was nice to go to the mountain. But we've got to finish what we start, even when it's not so fun. We've got to finish what we start in our relationships personally, in the things that we do. Paul and Barnabas said, it's not okay to just plant churches. We need to strengthen them. We need to build their faith. Let's build structures in our lives, you guys, where we can get the win. We can get the W in our life through the power of God who raises us up. I want that for you. Dreams take time to accomplish, one step at a time. The last thing is this, number five in your outline. Let's celebrate the things that God is doing. Let's celebrate them. I I love this next phrase, and it kind of wraps up the whole message. In verse 27, it says, Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together. I don't know why that phrase just leaped off the page at me, but I just want to say it again. They called the church together. And they reported everything God had done through them and how He had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. You know what this is all about, this this particular passage? When they called the church together, there's something symbolic of unity here in the church. We call this our living room, these auditoriums. Those of you in the South Auditorium today are our living rooms. And it's where we talk about life. It's where we talk about pain. It's where we talk about success and failure. And every one of us in these rooms have both. But I want us to come together like we do on weekends like this, Wednesday nights, it's important that we come together. You say, well, it's not important to go to church. Yes, it is. It's important for us to come together as a people of God. To learn, to listen, to grow, to be reminded of what we are to be doing on this earth. Because you were born with a purpose in mind. And God has something in mind for your life and for mine. But even beyond that, for us as a body called the body of Christ, the church. And I want us to be about doing those things. But we are only as good as you are good and I am good in following the will and the plan of God and my willingness and my readiness to say, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. They celebrated together those victories. Who can you share with? Who can you cry with? Who can you walk with? That's what I want for you today. That's what God wants for you today. Let's pray. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, thank you. Thank you for moments like this where it's just so real. And, and sometimes I know we can get overwhelmed with the responsibility of, of walking with you and measuring it all out. But in this moment, somehow today, God, just help us to rest. Help us to come home from the road trip, unpack the car, to deal with the laundry and the bills and the pets, and getting ready for the next day at work and the challenges that presents for us. Just with with heads bowed in these auditoriums and prayerfully considering what God might speak to you, can I ask just a couple questions I want you to consider? You can lift a hand if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. Just acknowledge it to God more more than really to me. Is 
some of you just need to acknowledge that you have some things to finish. And you started pretty fiery and ready to go, but and these might be physical goals, they might be financial goals. Likely it's relational. It involves people, kids, friends, whatever. But there's some things you need to finish and you need God to help you to do it. Want to lift a hand to that? Go ahead. God bless you so much. These are big things. Let God prompt you with it. The second one that I felt like bringing here today was that just some of you need to say to yourself, I will not give up. I I don't care what this economy does. I don't care how hard it gets. I am not. Paul was beaten up and left for dead. But he did not stop. And he had a celebration day because he finished. How many of you just need that tenacious desire to say, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to quit. God bless you so much. I want to pray over you specifically in a minute. The last one is just for those of you that would say, and this is probably more uh, specific, I will build healthy structures into my life. Because, because if you don't have accountability, if you don't have some routines that help you win, if you don't have a plan and a process that's getting you there, you're just going to flounder. You will not see progress. And I, my brain works really, I'm very left brain dominant. It works very logical. And I just, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people have a goal, but they have no healthy structure to get them there. And I want that for you today. And if you need some help to do that, we'll help you there. But how many of you know... You need some healthy structures in your life to accomplish the things God's putting in your heart. Just respond to that, to God, okay? Lord, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for the integrity of people who have responded either by lifting a hand or saying yes in their heart today to just the day-to-day grind. And and life in the road trip view from a Vespa is wonderful. We love the, the magic of travel and the joy of new cities and the places we go and see. But then we come home to reality. And it's hard there. Routines are hard there. So I just pray for a a shot in the arm today. This weekend is about trusting you in the hard places and believing you for when it's not so fun or romantic. But that humdrum, that routine is where usually things are truly accomplished. And I ask you to put that deep in us today. And if there's someone in this room, if, if there's anyone here, you would just say, I'm not sure about the whole God thing. And I get that. You're, you're, at a, you're in the right, you're in a safe place to ask questions about God. We're not a church that pushes people down the stairs or up them. We just say, where are you with God? And it's a great question for you to think about a while. And we'll help you journey with that. We are, we are all about the journey with wherever you are in your faith, okay? So don't be afraid to be here and to think through these things. Others of you who are ready to make that step to say, I want to be a follower of Christ. You can do that today by simply saying, Lord, I've come to the place in my life when I I, I believe you. I believe you died on a cross for me. I, I really do believe. And I believe you rose from the dead and I pledged to you my life. And though I don't have it all figured out, I know I have to start with faith exercised in my life. And so in this moment, I give you my heart. I give you my life and I give you my future. Just say that to God and trust him. Take up your cross, as they say in Scripture. Follow Him. Follow Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everyone said, Amen. You guys love you. So proud of you. So thankful to be journeying with you. Let's keep coming together. (laughs) We love you today. I just want to say one last thing before you walk out of here. First of all, our prayer team is going to be up here in both auditoriums. If they would come now and be ready. If you just want to pray with someone, connect about any need in your life. But the other thing I want to say is uh, welcome home.
Welcome home. You've been on a road trip. And I want you to keep that in mind this week as you go to work, as you plow through the mundane, as you pay your bills. Where is God in all of that? Because God is in all of that. Because it's in those simple, mundane things in life that character is built. I don't like that, but that's how it is. So welcome home. Let's get the job done. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go by the tables in the mall if you have interest. And thanks for being at Timberline. God bless you.